0: Listening to Diverse City Podcasts. Please stay tuned to hear a powerful word. For giving or more church information, check us out at diversity.church. Or to text to give, text diverse to 73256. Thank you for listening and enjoy the word. While you're standing, I know a few of y'all have already sat down if you could locate psalms chapter 37 and verse number four and we are going to read from the new living translation joseph and pastor virginia i'm going to switch back to the headset and see if it works check all right hallelujah Thank God for technology. All right, who got the scriptures? Say, I got it. Psalms chapter 37 verse four for the 73% of you that have not found it yet. And if you did not bring your Bible, we embrace technology and we'll be able to bring it up on the screen. And we'll just read one verse. This is a declaration over your life, so we're going to all read it together. You got it? All right. That was okay. Do you got it? Got it. Okay. Listen, participate. Help me out. Help a brother out. This is the Florida boy, and it's below 50. So all of y'all that pray for this, I'll get you later. (laughs) All right, saints. On the count of three, let's read this one verse. One, two, three. Take delight in the law in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Before you're seated, give about five people a hug and say, Welcome to the fall. Welcome to the fall. Yes, Lord. I said five people, some of y'all cheating. Don't cheat in God's presence. We're a church of relationships. Let's give some hugs. Check in on a few people. We will wait in on you. Amen. All right. Man, can we give it up for the praise and worship team? Hallelujah. been on fire. On fire. F-Y-R-E. On fire. Amen. So first of all, just got one quick announcement. Um, We'll probably have a refresh next week when we do video announcements. In two weeks, everybody say two two weeks. It is pastor appreciation service. And I've been trying my best to make the attention to not be about me Um, I know you guys have to do it. Okay, we'll get through it. But what I am really excited about, we have a guest speaker coming all the way from Florida. My first pastor ever. I said, you need to come to St. Louis. These people off the chain, they're a little crazy. They got good food, but they love Jesus. And I told him, I said, you need to come see all of your kids because without him, there would be no me here. When I was in my worst spot in life, almost dying in a car accident, it was him extending an invitation to me and say, God has a call in your life. All I want you to do is stay close to me. And basically, year after year, from 2005 all the way to now, 14 years later, God has blown my mind, but he used this man of God to be able to birth forth. And as the Bible talks about, you know, as we sow seeds, it folds in 10, 30, 60, and I want him to be able to see the blessing that he's been able to harvest because of what he's been able to do in my life. So if you could, do not miss the next two weeks. If you skip the rest of the year, (laughs) do not miss, but don't do it. Do not miss two weeks from now. It's going to be awesome Him. And his wife, they're doing a great work, and I'm excited to be able to have him here and for you to be able to meet him. Um, There's a lot of great ministers and preachers, but I will present to you that this is probably the best pastor in the world. He smells like sheep. He disciples. He's come to my house after between midnight to be able to help and walk me and my family through all of the challenges we've been able to have And while he could be in Florida, relaxing where degrees is above 70, and not preaching his two um, sermons for his congregation, he wants to be able to come here and be a blessing to you. So at least you can do do me this huge favor in the next two weeks, October 20th, come on in, bring a friend, and we're going to have an awesome time, all right? All right, so here we go. Real Relationships, Part 5. Okay. Okay. Real Relationships, Part 5. Hallelujah. Listen, I've been enjoying this time in this series. Um, Normally when you preach a message, God deals with you all week. So all of the messages we talked about, the way we treat our neighbors, as we talked about dating, we talked about marriage, And I was going to do singles at the end, but the Lord kept pulling me this week, said, get on them singles. They need to hear something. They're getting a little bit jealous. So today, as we continue real relationships, this is for the singles today. But many of the principles are universal, whether you're dating, whether you're married, whether it's it's complicated, whatever your situation is, God has a word for you today. So the title of today's message is called, Maximize the Moment. Say it with me, Maximize the Moment. I don't know about you, but my personality is always pushing me to get to the next, that I continue to neglect the now. Oh, I'm gonna do this in 2020. God is saying, you just do it now why are you waiting for the clock to be able to shift and be able to push you into the next season because we serve a God of the now in society we have all of these social norms of what we should be doing next as soon as we get married can we have some kids As soon as you get out of high school, go to college. As soon as you finish college, you should go for your master's. As soon as you get your first house, when are you going to get your investment property? When are you going to get your new house? You get your car, and everyone's pushing and pressurizing you to be able to advance. But one of the main tools and tricks of the enemy is to get us confused and dilute the blessings that God has given you right now. If I bought a few of the people that was up here that went to Africa for two weeks and talked about their joy and the lack of poverty and the things that they will have, I'm sure many of us would have a better appreciation for the things that we got. Number one, we got a church with AC. Hallelujah. They're going out there. They don't even have the Martin Luther King fans at their church in Africa. But through their faithfulness and their hunger for God, they're still grateful for the now. They're not rushing to get to the next season. They're not rushing to do the next thing. They're just enjoying the presence of God. And I'm trying put this right This It says, don't allow your critics' opinion to drown out the voice of God. We can get so consumed with this person saying, that person saying, and you forget what God has said about you. Oh, you're not enough, but our God said you're more than enough. Others are saying you're not good enough, but God is saying that you're ahead and not to tell. There are your critics that are telling you that you're below, but God is saying that you're above and not beneath. But if you continue to allow the critics to get you focused on your nets, you can miss your right now. God's promises for your life, if you're single, is not based on if you have a partner. God's ministry and mission for you is not based on if you get married, but what God has for you is for Amen. You. amen. So, I've been doing a lot of reading on singles because, hallelujah, it's been 10 years since I've been single. Off the market, my contract is signed for life. Amen. And what God said, yeah, come on now. My boo thing said, amen. So, here it is. Raise, make some noise if you're single. Let me see how many I got in here. (laughs) Amen. So there are three types of singles in the church today. Just look straight ahead. I don't want you to blow your cover. I don't want you to reveal the challenges that you're going through in life. Area number one, three types of singles. You may be single and seeking. You good, but you ready, Mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're single, you're not rushing, you're not wanting to compromise, but you believe God's plan for your life is eventually to get married. You're seeking, men looking, came up in church, watching who yelled and said, I'm single. Area number two, single and satisfied. You are blessed with the gift of celibacy. God has called you to be like Paul and Jesus. You're good, but intimacy is not your number one priority right now. You're single and you're satisfied. Now, single and satisfied doesn't mean you're single and scared because you had bad relationships. You dated dated a few chicks that got you. You dated a few guys that played you, played on your Christianity or whatever, or a thug life, whatever you tried to do. And you're hurt, and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of power, and a sound of mind. So you shouldn't be scared just because you went to a few bad restaurants. Everybody in here is still eating. Single and satisfied. But number three is something that is really permeating the church. And it may be hard for five minutes, and I promise you'll get over it. But you're single and sinning. I'm pausing for effect. Single and sinning, you prefer to go to Del Mar Loop versus Diverse City. Single and sinning, you're compromising and willing to rent a few vehicles until you're ready to buy a home. Fill in the blanks. Single and sinning. Single and messing around a little bit too much. And you forgot God's design for marriage. We take things out of context, and when God talked about when we sin, that sexual sin, you becoming one. And then you find the right person, and you get confused because you gotta judge, you gotta compare, and you're trying to resist, and you're frustrated, and you're having issues, and trying to figure out what's going on. It's because we played a little bit too much. No conditions, ju- no judgment, just love. And if you have singled in sin, God has given you grace. But to think that it's okay, to think that God is pleased with it, I don't know about that. It's kind of like electricity, right? A very powerful thing when it's used in the right boundaries and contexts. But used outside of its boundaries, it could be deadly. I still feel the resistance. First Thessalonians chapter 4 and 3. God's will for you. Look to your neighbor and say you. He's talking to you. <laughs> to be holy. So stay away from a few, some, all sexual sins. We can't believe in the lies. We can't just fit in to do what the culture is saying. God has not called you to fit in, but to stand out. And this is a big one, sexual and sin, to be able to show forth your Christianity. And that goes for married, too. Take off all of the single. Take off single and seeking, single and satisfied, single and sinning. All the married folks should be married and satisfied. it. You should not be married and seeking. Oh, it looked good over there. It's looking real nice. And I beg to differ. Are you actually watering your own grass? Are you actually fertilizing what God has given you? And there are some that are married and sinning. you know you're tripping. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. Some of y'all are saying, what do I do when temptation come? One thing, run, force. Run, force. Run, Felicia. Run, Frank. Run from all sexual sins. Don't pray about it. Don't bring it to church. Don't keep it at home. But you need to run. Run from sexual sin. No other sin as clearly affects the body as this one does. So, in God's eyes, all sin is equal. However, the sins we choose to indulge in, the consequences may be different. A lie versus having sex, murder versus having sex. But God talks about this sin because you're violating his principles you've become one, and he can't change the rules to fit your circumstances, my circumstances, his circumstances. Andy Stanley wrote in the book, Love, Sex, and Relationships, and when do you quote somebody when they say it better than you? Sexual sin is not unforgivable, but it can make life unbearable. Sexual sin won't send you to hell, Here it goes. But it can make your life hell on earth. I don't need any amens. Just look straight ahead. Matter of fact, just say ouch. Just testify and intercede for your partner. Say ouch again. Now, some of us, when we think about where we sit in life, the things that we're doing, the things that we're not doing, and we get consumed on when we get married, everything's going to be okay. But what I found out, ooh, definitely in year one and year two, marriage reveals what you conceal while single. You can hide it now. You can deal with it, but once you get married, they're gonna let you know. They're gonna call you out, fellas, when we don't take our showers. They're gonna let you know if you get lazy and you match and watch dark clothes and white clothes together. They're going to let you know. I'm just putting myself out. These are all of the challenges I've had to go through. They're going to let you know when you like to wear holy socks and holy garments. She used to get on me about it. Now she just throw it away. I'd be like, where are my favorite socks at? The one with the whole, all in the back of my heel? She done thrown them away. But when we were dating, she didn't know. No. Another thing too, like she got like a little rule where like the last person that get out the bed should make it up. I struggle for your brother. That's why I always wake up before her so she can make it up. <laughs> now I'm joking, but there are some serious stuff that we all have challenges with. There are all things that we're working through and you think once you get married that it's going to go away. It's going to get exposed. You're going to have to work it out. And while you're single, maximize the moment. When is the last time, whether you're single or married, and said, I need to improve upon this? I need to be able to work through this. Now, as we look through the rest of this sermon, I would like us to take a look at the story of Ruth and Boaz, of what to do when you're single? What is the framework? How am I able to navigate through this journey that I don't stay in the same situation? It's not a guarantee, but your probability goes a little bit higher when you're able to follow God's principles and precepts. So we're gonna read from verse 14, but let me just kind of give you a background. In verses one through 13, you have, you have Naomi, which is one of our main characters. You also have Oprah, but then our main girl is Ruth. In verses 1 through 13, Naomi, Naomi has sons, she has a husband, and her sons are married to Ruth and Oprah. However, through a disaster, her husband and the two sons die. Now, as we know culturally in this time that most of your blessings and your connections to the things that God has for you is through the man. So this is a time of frustration, this is a time of anger, and the women are tripping because things were right. They found the person that was designed for him, and now they are gone. So when you read in verse 14, here it is, it says, and again they wept together, grieving, hurting, trying to figure out now that we're all single, how are we going to be able to press for it? and move in life. So after they begin to wept, Naomi says, you know what? You guys are still looking good. You still got a nice shape. You should go out and go find another man. You still have a long life ahead of you. I'm old. Even if I have some sons today, once they get old, It'll be too late for you. You should take this fact and respond and go find you another man. I've raised you well. You have great values. You should go. And Oprah, look what she did. She kissed her mother-in-law and said, peace. Goodbye, I'm out. You know what? You're right. I still look good. I see the guys still looking at me when I'm in their flock. I'm gone. But Ruth Clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, "Your sister-in-law has gone back to be, gone back to her people and her gods, and you should do the same." Sometimes in life, we can't go with what we see. Sometimes in life, in our singleness, by God's design, is that when adversity hits. We can't compromise on our convictions. We can't go back to where we used to. Ruth said, I'm going to cling to God. Oprah said, I'm out. Now, within the law, they were both free to be able to do what they want to do. But this is the last verse we're able to see on Oprah because of her willingness to move and not trust God. In verse 16, it says, but Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave. And turn your back. And this is the part that tripped me. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people. And your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die. Ruth had a character. Ruth had a commitment. Ruth had a foundation built on God and said, while I'm single, I'm going to see what God has to say about this. I'm not gonna try to work it out on my own. More simply, point number one, you gotta be spirit fed to be spirit led. Spirit fed to be spirit led. You can't say you wanna be led by the spirit if the only time we open our Bible is today. We can't say, God, I want you to send me the man, send me the woman if you're not connected to him. Are you spirit fed? to be spirit-led. God wants to lead you, but you have to feed. You have to feed and meditate and study and be able to see what he has to be able to say in this situation. Yes, that means we have to be counterculture. Yes, that means why this person is going this way because of reason, if faith is pulling you over here, then that's where you gotta go. So we have to be able, in this season, to be able to change our perspective. Because most of us think, oh, my gosh, I'm 42. I must have a disease if I'm still single. Or you have others that are trying to trip and say, what is wrong with you? But singleness, if done right, is awesome. Only a few people believe you can be single and be awesome. If you're single, it can be awesome. That was still a struggle for a lot of y'all. <laughs> Listen, when you're single, guess what? You can do what you want to do. When you're single, you ain't gotta have a long, in-depth conversation about where you're going and where you be. When you single, when you go out to eat and you put your food in the refrigerator, when you wake up in the morning, it will still be there. When you're single, ha! You ain't gotta deal with no in-laws, ha! Woo! Woo! I'm sorry, Anthony. I am sorry, Anthony. When you're single and you get dressed, everybody dressed. When you're single, when you're ready to go, everybody ready to go. It is awesome. Singleness, you need to change your perspective. Mm, mm, mm. When you're single, when you eat, everybody has eaten. When you're single, every dollar, every penny in your pocket, in your bank account, it is yours, it is yours, it is yours. <laughs> Singleness is awesome. Thank you, Jason. Somebody can testify. When you single Jason, you can watch all the football you want today. You ain't got to put no kids down for a nap. You ain't got to worry about what they're going to eat, when they're going to sleep, when they're going to get up, take them outside. I want to watch football. Singleness is awesome. Sorry, I had to vent for a moment. All right. Y'all too serious. All right. Here we go. All right. Let's continue. Let's continue. Where am I at? What's next? What's next? So, so hold up. Wait, 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 wait. All right, so no, you can change. My bad. I'm talking out loud. All right, so we've already said single, when you're single, you're awesome. This is the time to be spirit fed and also so you can be spirit led. So now, after the crying is over with, they've got a plan. They said, let's go back to the place where God has called us to be. They're in Moab, which is living. outside of the presence of God and God gives them revelation to go back to Bethlehem. Get back to the bases. Get back to the presence of God to be able to intervene in their situation. So it says in verse 19, so the two of them continued on their journey. When you're single, you need to move. When they came to Bethlehem, check this out, the entire town was like excited by their arrival. is it really Naomi? Oh my gosh. She's still looking good. She still got that glow on her, the woman asked. And look what Naomi said. Don't call me no Naomi. Don't call Tyrone either. She responded instead: call me Mara, for the Almighty has made my life bitter. Imagine going home for Thanksgiving, wherever it is, if it's not here. And you get ready to get excited. And as soon as that person come in, they say, talk to the hand. God doesn't love me anymore. God is not interested in my position. He's treating me unfairly. Why did my husband die? Why am I a single parent mother? Point number two, if you are single, this is your time to get better and not bitter. Woo, I know a lot of bitter single people. I know a lot of bitter married people too, I ain't gonna lie. Get better, not bigger. Look to your neighbor and say, better is available for me. Look to your other neighbor and say, better is available for you. Better is available for you. No matter what your relationship status is. Better, oh, no, we're done. (laughs) Better is available for you. I don't care where you are. I don't care what your relationship status is. It's available. What are you going to do with it? Now, we all have different relationships. We all have different experiences. But one commonality that resides in this place is time. What are you pushing off till tomorrow that you can do today? Guess what, it's 86 days left in a the year. There is one quarter left. This is the, first, the fourth quarter of 2019. What are you gonna do with it? Are you gonna take it? Are you gonna make an awesome comeback if your, if your year has felt like crap? If this has been the best year of your life, are you gonna be able to finish strong? Or are you gonna just fumble and turn your way over into 2020? 86 days days for everybody in here. Will you get better or will you stay bitter? Use your time wisely. Get a new skill, work on an issue that has been a struggle. You can lose 15 pounds, hallelujah, in 86 days whatever it is. Decide right now before you leave, write it down on a piece of paper and say, "Lord, I want to get better in this. Everybody should be striving. We're getting ready to do a funeral here on Saturday, and it hit me real hard to home a 33-year-old lady. I'm only 34. And I said, dang, what if this is my last year? What if something I become a casualty? Because we all look at our own lives and think we're the protagonist in a superhero movie. And you may just be an extra in God's greater plan for the kingdom. Use your time right now. Jesus died at 33. Maximize the moment. Maximize the moment. Y'all still good? So as we continue on this journey with Ruth, remember they're back in Bethlehem. Now it's time to hear and see what God is going to say for them to be able to live, to them to be able to grow, and for them to be able to maximize their moment while single. So as we pick it up in in chapter 2, verse number 2, it says, On the day Ruth, Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go out into the harvest fields to pick up the stalks of grain left behind by anyone who is kind enough to let me do it. Let me go out. Faith without words is. So you can't just sit there. You can't just not even come to church, put yourself in the presence of other godly men, other godly women. You can't just stay at home and be bitter, but you have to be able to go out You have to be active. You have to be moving and seeing what thus saith the Lord. All right. Verse number three it says So Ruth went out to gather the grain behind the harvester. And here's the part I like. And as it happened, as it happened, I got me an internship and some chick started hitting on me day number one. Mm hmm, mm hmm. As it happened, I seen Jasmine singing on stage, and I seen Joseph sitting in the back, and then every week he started getting a little bit closer, a little bit closer, and now they married. As it happened, God is wanting to bless the works of your hand. For you, it feels like it's going to be as it happened when you find your partner, but for God, you're going to be set up to be able to succeed. And she found herself working. Men and women can both work, hallelujah. In a field that belonged to Boaz, the businessman, the entrepreneur, the influencer out of all of the fields in Bethlehem. It just happened that she got positioned to do some work in his area. The relative of the father-in-law in the Limanac. Verse number four and says, "While she was there," in verse number seven, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted his harvesters and said, "The Lord be with you." And then in verse number seven, in between that and verse number five and number six, Boaz is just like, "Man, who is that chick? I don't know who she is. She fine, and she got a good work ethic, and she has some character. I like the way she pick up those stalks and the grain. Who is that chick?" And what did they say? Listen, all I got to say is that she's been hard at work ever since she got here, except for a few minutes to rest. Ruth was a boss. Ruth was a Proverbs 31 woman. Ruth was not lazy. Ruth was about hers and doing what God has called her to do. And I'm telling you, when you get busy about your father's business, you'll be noticed. You can't be single and be bored. We can, we can find something for you to do at Diver City, hallelujah. Single, you should be serving. Single people, you should be working. Churches should not be led by just married people. But when I was single, man, I worked at the church like 15 hours a week. I did an internship. I worked another job, and I was serving the kingdom. And it just happened get busy, do something, increase your own personal value, your self-esteem, your self-worth. We have to get busy about our father's business. Or you going to school. That's okay. You got a bachelor's. Why not get a master's? If you made a decision today, for the next 86 days, I'm going to do whatever I got to do. Get my supply for my scholarship. I'm going to apply for schools. And in January... You can start doing it. Whether you're single, whether you're married, what's the point of resting? Let's get busy. I want everything God has for me as long as he stays number one. Every dollar, all my money, my wife, all my vacations. I want everything. But we have to get busy. Rest, but don't stay in idle time. Staying on social media, posting pictures, commenting on everything, that's idle and unnecessary work. But what I like about Ruth and Boaz, they value production over potential. What are you producing? What's in your hand that's becoming better, more efficient, more effective, more greater If you can sing, we can use you on the praise and worship team. And if you can play the keyboard, whatever. And if it's something that does not exist and God has called you to it, you need to write a proposal, take some time, write a one-page document, and send it to the church. That means you should be doing it. We want to see production, not potential. A lot of marriages struggle because we fall in love with potential. Potential. And the potential not realized drives frustration. It drives anger and we're all tripping. But when we single, we have to be able to produce. Verse number 10, Ruth fell at, re, fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. So as he noticed Ruth, he had to, you know, go, say a little something, ask her what her IG name is. And she began to thank him for the opportunity to be able to serve. And I've done to deserve with such kindness. And she asked him, I am only a foreigner. Why are you treating me like this? Why you have all of these other people? What do you see that is differently in me? And, Ruf- and Boaz replied, and says, yes, I know, Boaz replied. But I also know about everything you have done For your mother-in-law since the death of your husband. I have heard how you have left your father and your mother and your own land to live here among complete strangers. In verse number 12 it said, May the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge, reward you fully for what you have done. God will reward you for the things that you have done. The Bible talks about he will reward those who diligently seek him. Next point, God rewards faithfulness. Not perfection, he rewards faithfulness. What are you doing with your talents? If you got one, work it. If you got five, work all of them. If you got two, work it because God is ready to sends you in a season of celebration, a season of favor, but you have to work the things that he has given you. Even if you marry, your family is depending on you, man of God, to work the things that he has given you. Work it, and through faithfulness, he will bless you. Next one. Now now do all I have to tell you to take a bath, mm, take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. So here we are, Ruth and Boaz. Ruth goes home and says, hey, I met this guy, you know, he got money, he looking nice. What should I do? And with accountability, she goes home and tells Naomi, he said, this is what you got to do. Put on your best stuff. Take off the scrubs, put on stilettos. Take a bath, get your perfume, put on your best. Because if this is for you, you should bring forth your best. Next point it's game time. If God has given you somebody and they are your potential spouse, you need to bring forth your best. Don't take them for granted just because they're not treating you how the old person did that spent your money, that drained your emotions, and you're worried and you're insecure if this is going to work out. But it's game time. We're going to do more marriages than funerals next year. I'm speaking it into existence. We're going to renew some vows in 2020. It is game time. All that practice you've done, all that basic training, all that lifting weights, it is game time. God is going to bless you when you work his principles, when you work his word. I'm not saying you're going to meet him today and you're going to get married tomorrow. But you'll, the man of God, I'm believing that you'll be a Boaz and be able to see the person God has designed for you. Woman of God, I'm praying that you be like Ruth and just be faithful with what you have. And you will be noticed. Last scripture. Just as where we started. Take delight in the Lord. Take delight in the Lord. Whether you're single and whether you're married. Take delight. Not accept it, but you got to take it. That means every day, this is the day that the Lord has made I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. I don't have to serve, but I get to serve. I get to take delight in the pleasures and the greatness and the awesomeness of what God is being able to do with me. I get to take joy to be able to bring hope to a lost and dying world. But you have to be able to delight, it can't be sour, it has to be real which means it has to be cultivated from Monday through Saturday. Whether it's one scripture, whether it's listening to the word, whether you're on Spotify and you need a new playlist and you need to just say, I'm going to just take control and take command of the day. And I'm telling you, as you draw nigh to him, he's going to draw nigh to you. And as it happens, the person that is for you will show up. And he will give you the desires of your heart. God knows exactly what you want. God has not said no to all of your prayers. For some of us, he's saying not yet. Because for some of us, we're not qualified for the person that he has for you. Faithfulness, spirit-fed to be spirit-led and he will honor it. There are many single people that have things that we all have to be able to work through, whether you're single, whether you're married, and you're saying, why? But have you given it to the Lord? Have you been willing to say, maybe it's just the next 86 days, you need to take that one thing, that thing that feels like a thorn in your flesh, that feels like a hindrance and say, Lord, what does your word say I need to do about this? what is the thing that I have to be able to change? Because when you have a real relationship with him, you can have real relationship with people. When you have a real relationship with him, it's easier to be a spouse. When you have a real relationship with him, it's easier to be a friend. When you have a real relationship with him, you're a better neighbor. When you have a real relationship with him, your coworkers will enjoy you much more. Stand to your feet. quiet today.